Well, good morning to each of you. It, uh, this is a special day in the life of our congregation, and I'm just rejoicing in what God is, is doing. Um, Gert and our, my hearts were warmed with the gesture uh, last Saturday evening, that, that banner that you all put together, an appreciation statement. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how I, was, I won that competition, so I wasn't in the lodge. I'm still trying to figure out how that all happened. But we have revisited that banner and looked back at the things that you, the kind things that you all said, and it, it was real encouraging to us, and I want to thank you for that. This morning, we are going to be receiving Steve and Diane Byler as members, and then also following their baptism um, down at Mayo Lake, Sheldon and Alvin as well. I have looked forward for a year and a half, two years, to possibly this happening, and I'm just rejoicing this morning uh, that that is happening. This morning, I do want to take us to the Word. Um, the title of my message this morning is Water Baptism is important for the believer. Now, undoubtedly, all of us here this morning have had some exposure to baptism. Perhaps you have been baptized. You have perhaps witnessed various baptisms. Uh, perhaps you have not been baptized before. Uh, I hope this morning that looking at God's Word together, we can be reminded and perhaps even instructed of the importance of water baptism. You see, baptism gets its meaning and importance from the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. From his death in our place for our sins, for his, from his triumph over death in his resurrection that guarantees new and everlasting life for us. You see, baptism has meaning and importance only because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Those are infinitely important for our salvation from the wrath of God and our everlasting joy in His presence. So this morning, as we talk about baptism, we are not talking about religious ritual. Perhaps you have been in situations where that's what baptism basically was portrayed of. But baptism is not merely religious ritual. We're not talking this morning about church tradition. We are talking about Jesus Christ and His magnificent work of salvation, dying for our sins and rising from the grave for our justification. Thinking about baptism means thinking and remembering how Jesus our Lord commanded believers to express their faith publicly in Him, in His great salvation. So this morning, I ask you, don't have small thoughts this morning about baptism. Don't be thinking about mode and method and setting and place and timing. This morning, I challenge all of us, have large thoughts about baptism. Great thoughts about the greatest reality that we can think about this morning. And that is this. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, crucified to bear the sins of the world and raised to give whosoever believes in Him everlasting life in the new heaven and the new earth. I want to share from our Mennonite confession of faith the statement that we 
in our Articles of Faith about baptism. And then I want to go back and highlight five things and look at some, some biblical basis. Our Article of Faith says, We believe in obeying the instruction of the Lord Jesus to baptize believers with water in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In order to qualify for baptism, one must repent, turn to Christ in sincere faith, and accept Him as Lord. We regard water baptism as an ordinance of Christ, which symbolizes the baptism of the Holy Spirit, divine cleansing from sin and its guilt, identification with Christ in His death and resurrection, and commitment to follow Him in a life of faithful discipleship. Well, let me highlight five statements that are mentioned there. The first of those is, baptism is an instruction of the Lord Jesus. Baptism is an ordinance or a commandment of the Lord Jesus, given in a way that makes it an ongoing practice of the church. And perhaps the most explicit place we find that is in Matthew 28. We find these words in verse 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even unto the end of the world. Now, teach all nations there is the main verb. The defining participles are baptizing them, and teaching them to observe all things. And the church is commanded to carry out that instruction for all believers. And making disciples includes baptizing them. And the time frame that is defined by the promise of Christ's help and presence is as long as this age lasts. We will not be baptizing in heaven. Baptism is for now. Baptism is for every believer. It's an ordinance. It's a commandment of Christ. Well, secondly, baptism is an expression of faith. And therefore, since it's an expression of faith, baptism is only for believers. A key sentence in our Mennonite Confession of Faith was that second sentence, in order to qualify for baptism, one must repent, turn to Christ in sincere faith, and accept Him as Lord. You see, baptism is not for everyone. Baptism is not for the unbeliever who has not repented of his sin, has not turned to Christ in faith, nor accepted Him as Lord. Neither is baptism for infants who cannot repent of their sin who cannot turn to Christ by faith, who cannot accept Him as Lord. Baptism is an expression of faith in Christ. Well, the third statement I want to highlight is that baptism requires water. Throughout the New Testament, whenever one person was baptized by another person, water was always used. And while there are clear indicators from that the early church often baptized believers in a body of water, which is what we're going to be doing this morning, the method or mode of baptism 
is not delineated by Christ. Remember, accurate interpretation of Scripture requires, on our part, that we differentiate between descriptive action and prescriptive action. Sometimes we read in Scripture how something was done, but that's not necessarily a command to do it that way. Now, God can give very specific action when he chooses to do so. Let me share a passage with you from Leviticus. Turn there quickly. Leviticus chapter 6. I want you to listen and notice that when God wants to give specific directions, he can do so. Listen to these words. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night until the morning. And the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment. And his linen breeches shall he put upon his flesh. And take up the ashes which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar. And he shall put them beside the altar. And he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn upon the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. I ask you, can our God be specific when he wants to be? Yes, he certainly can. God can give specific instructions when he chooses to do so. But he never gave such specific instructions regarding baptismal procedure. Now, yes, there are various word pictures that are rich with meaning and symbolism. Let me read, for instance, Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. And some of these will resonate with you, especially depending on what your experience with baptism has been. Paul writes in Romans 6, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life. Their baptism is described as burial and rising from the dead. Thus immersion is suggested. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, we find these words. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. And in Acts 2, verse 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Baptism here is described as by the Spirit. And that the Spirit will be poured out upon all flesh. Thus, pouring is suggested and is sometimes used. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, 
verse 12, we find these words. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them which have preached the gospel unto you, but with the Holy Ghost sent from heaven, which things the angels desire to look upon. That is not the verse that I wanted. Well, I'm not fine here, but Paul, here it is, I'm sorry. Elect unto the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Christ Jesus. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. There it's speaking of the sanctification by the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And though there, so there are some times when sprinkling is used. Again, Baptism is important. It can symbolize various aspects of our salvation experience. But nowhere do we find in Scripture a delineation of procedure. Well, the fourth statement I want to pick up on is, Baptism <clears throat> invokes the name and presence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This means that merely being immersed in water, or having water poured or sprinkled on your body, does not constitute Baptism. With baptism, there is a holy appeal to the Trinity to be present in the act and to make it true and real in what it declares about their work in redemption. Listen, there is no salvation without the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when we call on their name, we are declaring that this act of baptism is because of them. It is by them. It is for them. Well, lastly, baptism is a believer's identification with Christ. Baptism expresses a solidarity with Christ in his death and resurrection. As I read in Romans 6.3, we are buried. We're crucified with Christ, buried with him. It is not faithful, however, to the tenor of Scripture to say that water baptism is the means by which we are, we are united to Christ. Paul argues in Ephesians 2.8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Paul says emphatically that faith is the means by which we are united to Christ and justified. We show this faith. We declare this faith. We signify this faith. We symbolize this faith with the act of baptism. Faith unites us to Christ. Baptism symbolizes and declares publicly that union. Baptism dramatically portrays what happens spiritually when we receive Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. Your old self of unbelief and rebellion and idolatry dies and a new you of faith, submission, and commitment to Christ, Lordship, come into being. That is what we confess publicly to others when we are baptized. Christ's death means your death, death to a life of sin. Christ's resurrection means your resurrection to a new life with new desires 
for God, new desires for holiness, and a new power in your life through the presence of the Spirit to love and live for Him. Listen, salvation is not merely adding Jesus to your life. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Jesus said to Nicodemus, a man must be born again. So baptism is our identification with Christ in his death and resurrection by faith. Baptism is also our identification with God's people. Baptism is how we go public with that confession. This is the confession. I am done with my old life. I am with Christ now, and I am with his people, the church. Perhaps you're familiar with the hymn, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. The story behind that hymn is powerful. It happened in an Indian tribe after the Great Wales um, revival. There was a tribe that were headhunters. And missionaries went to that tribe and they were able to convert a man and his wife and their two small children. The chief of that village was furious. Had that family brought to the center of the village. And there he gave them opportunity to recant. He said to that father, unless you recant your faith in this Jesus who lives far away, you will die today. And the father didn't know what to say. But he started to sing a song that he had written since he had found faith in Christ. I have decided to follow Jesus. And the chief ordered the children to be killed in front of their father. He said, I'll give you a chance for your wife's life. Will you recant your faith? And the man reportedly started singing, Though none go with me, still I will follow. And they killed his wife in front of him. And he said, Now you have a chance to save your life. And the man said, The cross before me, the world behind me. And they killed him. And the village that watched and that chief were so moved that in the weeks that followed, the entire village committed their lives to Christ. The chief reportedly said, I too have decided to follow Christ. I saw the faith of that man in this God who lives far away, that he would give up his family for that faith. You see, the Lord used that bold witness to save the entire village. Now, none of us here who have been baptized, nor Sheldon and Alvin will be baptized today, are, are likely to be asked to face a firing squad today. And yet, each of us must have that commitment. I have decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, still I will follow. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. This is important. I close with Jesus' words in Matthew 10. In Matthew 10 verses 32 to 33 we find these words. 
Jesus said, Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father in heaven. Baptism is important. Baptism is a commandment of God. Baptism is an expression of our faith. It's a way that we identify with Christ in his death and resurrection. And so I commend it to us as a church and to all of us as believers. And if you're a believer this morning and you have not been baptized, remember the why is always more important than the what. So I challenge you, why have you not been baptized? Don't get tangled up and tripped up over the what, the how, the where, the place. But find the blessing of obedience in following our Lord. Let's pray. Father, this morning we rejoice in the reality of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection for our salvation. And Father, we gladly, we willingly obey your command to teach, to make disciples, to baptize. Thank you, Father, for the blessing of this symbol, for it's in Christ's name we pray.